Yo, welcome to another episode with Life with Me and Mrs. Jones. We back with another one. We got a really hot topic for y'all today. I got my co-host with me. Mrs. Jones. And y'all, we going straight into it. Listen, we talking about something real heavy today. Uh, it's 2020. We experienced a lot of loss this year alone. And a lot of people are grieving, right? And so that's what we're going to talk to y'all about today. Let's jump into it. Right. So we're talking about the grief and loss process. And grief and loss, I think for a lot of people, especially people of color, we don't really know how to grieve. We don't know the right methods, the right processes. We think that we just got to be strong and we have to get over it. Um, But grieving is definitely a normal thing. And I think that we need to normalize grief and loss, especially for people of color. Um, being someone who in the, over the last two, three years, I've suffered, we've suffered a lot of grief and loss. I lost my dad in 2018 suddenly. And then I also lost my mom nine months later. Um, and so even as a licensed professional counselor, I had to learn how to properly grief, grieve their loss. So today we're going to talk about just the process of grief and loss to help enlighten those of you who are out there who have lost loved ones, um, either to COVID-19 or just to, you know, everyday life or even losing, uh, a child, losing a job, losing a career, you know, like there's so many things that can be considered a loss that we don't necessarily look at that way. And we grieve those things. Getting a divorce can be categorized as a loss. Like there's so many things that we as people just slide under the rug, slide under the table, brush our shoulders off and keep it moving. And then we wonder why it's hard for us to continue with our everyday lives because we just try to snap back. Yeah, I don't think we've been given the proper tools to know how to grieve. And it's just not often talked about, right? We tell people to get over things very quickly. We don't give them the opportunity or the autonomy to grieve whatever process or or actually stay in the process of grieving that they're in. It's like, let's get over it. It happened a long time ago. But if you never really deal with grief and you never really address it and allow yourself the time to go through it properly, then... It's going to just cause it, grief causes inflammation in the body, right? Mm. And that, that opens you up to diseases and things of that nature. That's why it's important to really deal with grief in a proper, healthy way. Yeah. So whatever you're grieving, whether it's a breakup, divorce, job loss, career loss, uh, you know, whether it be family, friends, whatever, right? Grief is real and it needs to be talked about, especially in the black community. Mm. We don't really take grieving serious. You know, we talk about ain't nothing wrong with you or, you know, it happened. So let's keep moving. We got to we got to lift our chin up and keep going. But we want to really break down what that process looked like. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times, like I said, we just try to immediately snap back or we tell ourselves things like, well, they're in a better place, which for most of the time, like maybe they are. But that doesn't negate the fact that like that person, if that person meant something to you, that they're no longer physically present in your life, 
that that is some that is a loss. You have to learn how to bounce between, and it's considered um, the loss oriented and the restoration oriented. So basically, you're bouncing between the the fact that they are gone, and then also between restoring what life looks like for you. I know for me, my parents were a pivotal part of our lives. They watched our kids. They helped us with just everyday life advice, like so many things. And so losing them, I had to learn. First of all, I was like, okay, what am I going to do with my kids? You know, like I was so accustomed to them picking them up. And, you know, if I was running late, like, mama, can you go? Daddy, can you go? You know, like me and Corey are busy. We got to do this, that, or the third. And so then learning how to then balance or bounce into the restoration of like, okay, now I have to be creative in making sure that my kids get to school, picked up from school, you know, all of those things that I was just so accustomed to having them do. Um, and so you can get stuck in the loss component because you're like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. They're not here. And you have to bounce between the two. And I think that that's something that we struggle with because we so, we, we grieve during the initial, like, oh my God, they're not here anymore. Or, oh my God, I got fired. Or, oh my God, you know, whatever the loss is, we grieve that moment. And we might cry, we might have our moment of frustration. And then the next thought is, okay, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to figure this out? And so we, we leave that pain or that suffering or whatever it is, that feeling to un undealt with, un untreated. And like you said, it can cause inflammation in your body, in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit. And we immediately just try to go into, well, I'm good, it's fine, I'll be all right, I just got to keep moving. And sometimes it's okay, and not even sometimes, it is okay to sit in those emotions, sit in that feeling of like, dang, this person, this thing, whatever, it was so important to me, it, it, it created this, this level of whatever for me, they're not here anymore and allow that emotion to process within your mind and your body so that when it is time for you to operate in the restoration stage or the restoration process that it's not like a malfunction in your body. I think that we try to move so quickly. So we grieve the initial thought, we grieve at the funeral or, you know, whatever. And then immediately after, because there's, you know, family around or, you know, whatever, then it's like, we just bounce back. And that's not necessarily the case. Like the way that our mind and our body processes that is not a healthy way for us to just get over it. Right. And I think too, that a lot of us don't fully understand what grief really is mm -hmm. like is to cause great discomfort when you're in a discomfort place you are uncomfortable yeah it's no it's no longer normal as you know it 
If you lost someone that's close to you, if you lost a job, say you've been on your job 15 years and then you lose your job for some unknown reason, mm -hmm. you're going to experience a level of discomfort. If you lose somebody that you love, that you've been close to your entire life, they suddenly pass away or y'all suddenly break up or whatever the situation may be, you're going to experience a level of discomfort because it's not normal, right? right? It's outside of what you're used to. It's outside of what you know. So there's going to be moments of uncomfortability and that's in those moments that's when you grieve the most yeah right you can go on you can live your life and then things will be fine and then you can have a thought about that person place or thing and then you can grieve it right then and there uh -huh. and i want you to know it's okay not to be okay yeah and i also want you to know that grieving never ends come on you progress through it but it never ends you can be grieving for years and people will say wow that happened to you 15 years ago it doesn't matter how long ago it happened the grief is still there because mm -hmm. it's a long lasting pain that you're going to experience. For example, with us, with me losing my in-laws, Christmas are no longer the same. Mm -hmm. You got to think about it. I spent the last 18 Christmases with my in-laws mm -hmm. and we did things together. There were things, there was a certain way there, were, there was tradition of how we celebrated Christmas and what we did. You know, we had a remote location we would go to, mm -hmm. right? The, the, it, the experiences are no longer there. The memories will always be there, mm -hmm. but we can never recreate that memory again. We can only live with the memories and to know that that can never be recreated. I grieve that mm -hmm. to know that they're no longer here and around me. I grieve that. And there are some days that are better than others. Yep. Some days I'm flowing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll hear a certain song. My father-in-law loved jazz. I'll hear a jazz song and I begin to grieve in my spirit. Mm -hmm. Not because I'm hurt at the moment. Not because I'm, I'm sad in the moment, but I just miss them. I miss the things that we used to do. So if you're listening right here and you're grieving something, just know it's okay to grieve and know that you're probably in the beginning stages. Some of y'all may be in the middle stages. Some of y'all may be in the end stage, but just know this. Whatever stage you're in, you can be in that stage for a very long time. And I think that it's, I'm glad that you brought up stages because a lot of times we do refer to the stages of grief. Um, and so those are identified as the first stage is denial. Like denial is a normal reaction, but it's basically like, you don't want to accept it, yeah, you're, right? You're in a shock state of mind. Yes, right? you're 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 in shock. And then there's anger, which is like, why did this happen? Like, how come it couldn't have been somebody else? Why, you know, it's, it's like you questioning, and you're angry because you feel like they were a good person. You know, I remember when my dad passed away. <clears throat> there were other people in our lives that had experienced faces of death. And in the moment, you know, it's like, of course, you're not like, oh, I wish somebody else was dead instead of my instead of my daddy. But you're like, these people are terrible people. They have bad attitudes. They, you know, they they're rude to people and and they survived. And, you know, so it's like you're really angry. And then there's bargaining, which is kind of like, well, if well, you're bargaining with God or whoever you create or whoever you believe in. Like, well, Lord, if if I just. If I would have just, you know, did this or did that, maybe you wouldn't have taken them. Or if I would have been there with them, then maybe I could have saved them. Or if I would have, you know, so you're bargaining of the what ifs or 
how could this have you know been different and then we we fall into a level of depression and then the last stage is considered acceptance there, there there's a, another stage too that we missed was pain and guilt mm-hmm. sometimes you feel like it's your fault that something happened or yeah. you know and, and then that depression i want to kind of stay right there that depression for a moment mm-hmm. because depression is a stage of grief that most people, majority of people get stuck in. Yeah. Right? I would say denial and shock and then grief. Is a uh, those two stages there? Depression. I mean, yeah, depression, those stages there, people sh- are stuck in those stages, right? And this is what I want you to know. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's hard to believe something of this magnitude could happen. You are in shock. You don't believe it. You are in denial. Some days I wake up like and I still do this to this day. And it's been a few years. I can't believe they're gone. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they're not here. Why did it have to be them? You know? And I, I fluctuate between stages. You know, I can't say I've hit a level of depression. But I can say I most definitely ride between shock, denial, and anger and bargaining. Myself. Because mm-hmm. I'm angry that they had to go. I'm angry because I pray and I'm like, God, heal their bodies. Make sure that they are here. You know, I'm angry in, in some of these instances in regards because it's like my voice wasn't heard. I tried to bargain with God and it didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. And then that, that shock and denial sitting in like, I'm just not going to accept this. But regardless of what you believe, the truth is the truth. And... Nobody should tell you, you should just get over it. Nobody should tell you, well, you grieve long enough. I had somebody tell me, oh, you grieve long enough. (laughs) The thing is, you can't put a time frame on how long somebody grieves. The reason being is because although you may have experienced some similarities, right, when it comes to losing somebody or whatever, but what you may not have experienced is the impact that that person had on you or the impact that job had or, you know, your children or whatever, whoever you lost. We don't experience the same impact. And so to tell somebody, oh, you grieve long enough, I think that's disheartening. I think that is insensitive. And I believe that's selfish. And I believe if you are grieving, grieve. We need to normalize grieving, especially in the black and Latino communities. Mm -hmm. Right? We don't get the proper help. We don't go seek counseling. There's grievance counseling. Yeah. We don't go there. We just are taught to deal with these things on our own. Let me tell you something. The worst way to deal with grief is by yourself mm-hmm. because you have all these thoughts. You become, you have suicidal ideations. You have all these things that flow potentially and you can end up doing harm to yourself because you're not around people that can help you properly grieve. And because I think that because just having regular emotions like sadness, uh, sorrow, all of those things in our communities were never like welcomed, you know, we, we were never really taught to cry. Like I said, to sit in that emotion, like to, to deal with it and and sit with it and, and allow it to, to take its course. Emotions are created to move throughout our body. That's why they are called emotions. They're not supposed to be stuck. And if we think about allowing emotions to fester that's why we have moments of to where we blow up what even when it's anger if it's sadness is if it's whatever and so that's why 
we feel stuck in those stages. But I, I learned in a, in a, a training that I was at in work, um, about another, um, process and another way to think about grief, not necessarily in stages, because what you said is that when we think about stages, we think of like, okay, number one, denial, check, Mm -hmm. got that over with. Number two, bar anger, check. Number three, bargaining. Okay. It's not linear. Grief is not linear. It, those things don't, it's not like, okay. Um, it's not a checklist to say, okay, I did all those things. And once I get to acceptance, then it's over. Yeah. Grief is not in chronological order. Yeah. It's not linear. It it is definitely moving in, in different ways. and, And it can be, and you can literally have all of those emotions or go through all of those stages within minutes of each other. And so, um, I learned about the four tasks of mourning, um, and this was developed by William Warden, just to give credit where credit is due. Um, and so I liked the way that this was presented because it's not necessarily in the stages. We, our brain isn't able to process the stages because we mm-hmm. think that we have to go through each stage in that order That's in good. order for us to actually be grieving properly. There is no proper way to grieve. Like the way, even the way that we grieve my parents' death is different. Like I'm very much a more internal person. I I allow myself to have my moments when I, you know, think about good times. I laugh when I, when I think about times when they're not here and, and I feel sad, I allow myself to cry. It's not necessarily in public and for everyone to see, Um, And I don't really talk about it that much, but I do allow myself to go through the grieving process as it comes. And for Corey, like he said, he'll be listening to jazz or whatever. And he might say, you know, Alicia, I was thinking about dad and I drove by the house or whatever. And he wants to have open dialogue about it sometimes. And he'll say, you know, like I felt sad or I, you know, I cried or whatever. Um, We talk to our kids very vividly. I think that this is also super imperative when your children experience grief and loss. We think that they don't understand and we don't, we're not, we're we're not 100% honest with our kids. We have to use very vivid language. We have to, we can't tell kids that grandma is asleep because what happens when you go to sleep? Yep. You wake up. wake up. If grandma go to sleep, then in your four-year-old baby's mind, they're like, okay, well, grandma will just sleep when she can wake up. No, we have to use very explicit language that says grandma died. Grandma is dead. Yeah. I, you know what? And I'm glad you say that because we do. We have to be very explicit with our children. And when I say explicit, not cursing, but explicit as far as detail and how you explain what it is that's happening. Honest. Honestly, right? <laughs> And I remember when we were in the hospital when my mother-in-law was sick. And sometimes, y'all, grieving doesn't have to be direct. It can be indirect. You can grieve for somebody else because mm-hmm. you see them grieving, right? You become an empath, which I believe I am. And so we was in the hospital and my, my mother-in-law was sick. And I'll never forget it. My heart was already grieving for my kids. And I was sad for them. I knew what was happening. And my youngest daughter was very, very close to her grandmother. 
And when she got to the hospital, you know, she had asked the question because she'd already lived through her opa dying, her granddad. And when we got to the hospital, my heart was racing because I'm like, okay, how am I going to explain this to her? Because this was her, her grandma was her road everything. Dog. That was her road dog. <laughs> and so we get in there, we're sitting out in the waiting room and my daughter, come, my youngest daughter comes to me and she's like, so dad, what's going on with, with, with I? That's what she called her, I. And I'm like, well, Kai, you know, she's, she's not doing good. She, you know, and I, I never forget. She said, is she dying? When I, when she said that, and, and, I, and I said, yes, everything in me crumbled. Mm-hmm. And then she just broke down. And I said, this is one of the hardest things to deal with mm-hmm. because everybody experienced grief differently. Yep. There are, I would say there are levels, there's frequencies to grief. And what my daughter experienced may be something way different and deeper what I experienced because of the impact and because of the proximity and, and the relationship that it was. But we got to be honest. We got to tell our kids the truth and we got to be truthful with ourselves. Listen, you don't have to walk around and say you're okay. Yeah. You don't have to do that. You don't have to put on for somebody. Even if, because sometimes what happens is we'll be in a room full of people and we really hurt. We're sad. We're broken. Mm-hmm. We'll wipe our tears. Oh, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have to get yourself together <laughs> when you don't feel like getting yourself together. Come on. Cry when you need to cry. Pout when you need to pout. Scream when you need to scream. I love what Lisa said. There is no stages. It's not parallel. There's no proper way to grieve. Grieve is an ugly thing. Yeah. Grieve is ugly. That's why it's called grief. Mm-hmm. It's discomfort. It's ugly. It, it doesn't feel good. So don't try to grieve pretty. <laughs> if you got to get ugly with your grief, get ugly with it and be that person until you feel like you are okay. And nobody can tell you when you're okay. Nobody should tell you when you should move on. And nobody should ever say you grieve long enough. Yeah. Take your time. This is not something. Grief is not. We rush everything in life. Grief is not one of those things we should rush. Because it literally, literally can affect your health and well-being if you don't deal with it properly. So I want to get back to the four tasks of mourning. The first one is to accept the reality of the loss. Sometimes it's hard for us to accept that this is a reality. But when you know that someone is gone, they're not coming back. They are dead. They are deceased. You begin to accept the reality of their loss. It doesn't say that you you get over it. You just begin to accept it. You also learn to work through the pain of grief. So it's a process to learning how to work through the pain of grief. Like I tried to pretend like I sang at my mama's funeral. I sang at my daddy's funeral. I've literally have sung at every funeral, every grandparent, except for the ones that the one that passed away before me, my auntie, you know, like uncles, and I have a level of tolerance for, and I, you know, I consider myself to be very strong. Um, but I know that there were two moments when I, I mean, think about losing your mother and your father. And I'm not talking about, um, parents who were not active 
actively involved in my life. If you know me, then you knew my mama and my daddy. And you knew that they was like our best friends. My, I, I, We literally lived five minutes away from them and went over their house every day. And one, because they babysat our kids, picked them up from school, you know, cooked dinner. We were, we, we was with them all the time. And I remember I did very well. And I say that like, like somebody was going to judge whether or not I did well at the funeral or not. But I did very well controlling my emotions during the funeral. I sang all my songs. I did, you know, and at my dad's funeral, when we went to the grave site and of course I cried and I had my moments, but somebody gave me a freaking flower to throw down as they were lowering the casket into the ground. And I literally lost all my because that was like the final moment for me. Like this is it. And I had to learn how to work through that pain of the loss, like releasing that flower and seeing it, you know, fall to six feet under was like a dagger of you know, like this is really it. The third task of mourning is to adjust to an environment in which the deceased is missing. So I alluded to this earlier. You, you learn and you bounce between loss oriented and restoration oriented. You learn and you adjust to a new environment with them not being present. Um, and that takes time because in different moments of your life, you may, ex- you may experience a thought. You might ride down the sh- a street and remember, you know, something that you did with them, or you might listen to a song, or you might cook a, a meal, or put on a piece of clothing or anything that can spark a thought about them being here and not being here. And so learning how to adjust. And then the last task is to find an enduring connection to the deceased while embarking on a new life. So you find a way to still connect with them. Now I'm not saying that you're having regular seances or, you know, praying to the dead or, whatever, but you find a way to maintain a connection with them while embarking on a new life. So sometimes like during Thanksgiving, I was making, you know, my mama's sweet potato pie. She didn't leave no written recipe. And so it was like, I just had to, I felt like I could feel her spirit telling me like, add a little bit more cinnamon, put some more nutmeg in, you know, and it's like, okay, was was it really her? Maybe not, or it could be, but I felt like to me, and even my brother was like, you must've had a conversation with the ancestors with this dressing and these sweet potato pies because they taste just like the way mama and daddy used to make it. And so I'm like, okay, he felt the connection too, you know? And so I think that allowing yourself to, to flow, ebb and flow through these tasks don't feel as rigid 
as like, I got to hit this stage and get over it. I got to hit this stage and complete it. I got to hit this stage. It's like, no, these are things that are ever going and, and happening in your life as you continue to embark on a new life with those people or those things no longer present. And so I just think that it's important. It was important for us to bring this information to those of you who are listening because one, we know that grief and loss in general is hard. It's hard to do. You feel like you have to do it on your own. You feel like you have to be strong. You feel like you have to immediately bounce back. And we want to give permission. If you have never been given permission to grieve in the way that feels best to you, like whatever you feel like you need to do to take care of yourself in that moment, even sometimes when I'm at work, if I need to close my office door and like have a moment, I do that. If I need to go sit in my car and have a moment because I don't want people to be asking, you know, what's wrong or are you okay? Because sometimes we do want to deal with it in private or sometimes we don't mind saying like, you know, I was just thinking about my mom who's not here anymore and I just had a moment and being okay with it and not feeling like, oh my God, I got to be strong. Let me, you know, get myself together. Like, no, of course you're not like wailing and being uncontrollable, you know, but allowing yourself to do whatever you need to do. And then I think that two, it was important for us to talk about it because 2020 has been just a year of, it was, it hasn't been a complete loss, but I think that a lot of people experienced a lot of different things that they had experienced before. A lot of people died who may not have died. You know, we don't know, but all I know is that almost every day I scroll down my timeline on social media and there's literally at least three to four people experiencing some sort of loss, a loss of a family member, loss of a job, loss of whatever. And it's like, and they're trying to be strong on social media to deal with it. And so we wanted to just come on here, give y'all some applicable tips and tricks and just permission to allow yourselves to grieve the loss of people, places, things that were very important to you and say that it's okay to not to not be okay and it's okay to ask for help if you need it. Yep, and asking for help doesn't mean that you're weak. Asking for help is saying you want to remain strong. So listen, take your time, grieve the way you need to grieve. We here for you. Get the help that you need and everything's gonna be okay. And even if it's not, you don't feel like it in a moment, just know. You won't be in this position forever. You most definitely will get through it. So we thank y'all for tuning in with us. This is another episode with Life with Me and Mr. Jones. Y'all feel free to tune in with us. Go to Anchor. Go to Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcast. Check us out. Follow us. Hit that button. Listen, we love y'all. We thank y'all. And we out.